You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Amen. Amen. Man, it's so good to worship with you. Thank you for being here. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team. And I'll just say dismiss kids. I forgot first service, but uh, all the Gateway kids can be dismissed. Uh, Thank you so much for worshiping with us. Uh, What a blessing. I love it. Well, this morning is a special day. We have concluded our Matthew 25 challenge. And I know a ton of you were doing this with us. And I just want to say thank you. And what a blessing it was to sleep on the floor. Anybody need help up off the floor? Come on. Thank you for being honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my wife, she made it three hours, and then she said, Ben, I just couldn't do it anymore. And she's like, if I'm going to sleep at all, I've got to get on the bed. And so she did, but that was fun. For some of you, it was that coffee day. That was my hardest day. And apparently, Pastor Sean figured out a way around that by eating coffee beans. I don't know about that, but um, way to go, brother. For others, it might have been eating rice and beans or really even uh, Friday, uh, writing a note or sending a note to someone that is in need. Actually, it was not until about 9.30 at night until there was a person that came to mind that I really wanted to reach out to. I did, and man, God used that as I, we just cared. And then yesterday, I took a 30-minute walk in a blizzard, and uh, I hope you did as well, and uh, some of you may have done it on a treadmill or just skip that one, and you'll do it today when it's a little nicer. I'm not sure. But man, the Matthew 25 challenge, that was set up for us for, uh, through World Vision, and we're grateful for that. And today, uh, we're in the second week of our series called Chosen, and uh, today is a very special day. We have a special guest speaker that's going to start, and then I'll be back, and then he'll be back. But uh, today, I want to introduce to you Steve Spears. The first time I heard Steve speak was in San Diego, California. California. Pastor Bobby and I were there, and I was watching him talk about Chosen, which we're about to experience, and I said to myself, number one, our church will love Chosen. Pastor Bobby and I, we both said that. And then second, I said, I want Steve Spears to come and to be the, the main uh, uh, poll for Chosen. And we were able to make that happen thanks to Mallory, uh, who's on the front row here. She, Mallory, just stands. She's our local representative for World Vision. Everything World Vision uh, locally, and she's doing a great job. Well, listen, Steve Spears, a couple years ago, quit his job at a uh, large influential, influential church in the Chicago area. You might have heard of it, Willow Creek. He worked there for 17 years, and he walked away and started training to run across America. He ran from L.A. all the way to New York. That's insane. That is about... 150 days back to back to back, marathon after marathon after marathon. Insane. And Steve did it all for the most vulnerable in the world. He was raising money 
to provide clean water and raised over $500,000 uh, in that season. Wow, that was incredible. But let's back it up a little bit. He started his journey out of, out of high school. I ended up going to Ozark Christian College, worked at Willow Creek for uh, 16 or 17 years. In 2017, he was recognized on the floor of the U.S. Congress for his humanitarian work as a role model for all Americans. And let me say, he's a role model for us here at the Gateway Church for sure. And currently, he's working with World Vision. He uh, runs a staff of 40 plus, and again, reaching to the most vulnerable in the world. He's been married for 36 years, almost 37. He's about 10 years ahead of me and Jessica. Two kids and two grandkids, and he will inspire you today. He's going to open up our hearts. He's passionate, and I just want you to be ready to respond to what we're calling Chosen. And without further ado, would you put your hands together for Steve Spears. Come on, brother. Brother. Ben has longer legs. You can jump up here way quicker than I can. Uh, But this is super cool to be with you all. It's such a privilege to be with you here in person. Uh, I want to be a big shout out for those of you that are online as well. But yeah, just a humbling privilege. And to be able to serve alongside Pastor Ben, you all have, I know you know this, but you have a blessing in this man. Uh, The way that he shepherds you, the way that he loves the word of God, uh, the way that he loves the church, his commitment to both, you know, local, you know, life change and global life change through missions. So um, I know you're appreciative. One of the things that pastors do for us, uh, what my pastor does for us, what our pastors do for us they remind us that we're not nuts for following Jesus. That's what, right, amen? Can I get an amen? They remind us that we're not nuts for following Christ. And, and then sometimes, though, we need to remind our pastors they're not nuts for leading us, right? They, so the, every, make sure that you let him know every now and then, if not more than, hey, pastor, we love you, we appreciate you, so thank you so much, Pastor Ben. Thank you for pastoring the Gateway. And uh, it's just a privilege to be with you all um, and to get to know him a little bit as we have in this last little journey. We got some San Diego connections. Uh, we got some cycling connections. I don't surf, but I could. I will. I want to. Uh, so, but again, just such a grateful. Can I introduce my family? I know. Can I show them? This is a, a picture. This is my wife, Frances. This is at our daughter's wedding a couple of years ago. Our son, uh, son-in-law, Joe, who kind of stole her heart. I'm still not over that yet, but, you know, he'll live, hopefully. Um, and then our son, Zach, and then our daughter-in-law, Ashley. And uh, even though we're from the Chicagoland area, I tell you what, the great state of Michigan, it's like with us through and through. Uh, my wife and I celebrated our 20th and 30th anniversaries here in Michigan. I did my first ever half Ironman triathlon here in Michigan. My daughter and I did an Olympic triathlon together in Grand Rapids. And then Ashley, our daughter-in-law, is from Michigan. So like, we're like, could you accept me as kind of a Michigan person? Maybe kind of. Mallory says yes. I'm so grateful for Mallory on so many levels. She leads out, you know, team rule, vision, chosen, all that we do. So anyways, so in this image, um, Ashley was pregnant. And not very long after that wedding, our first uh, grandchild came onto the scene. This is Bellamy. And uh, he's a cool dude. And he makes me cooler just hanging out with him. But I, we are loving the grandparent journey, uh, love being granddad. And then three weeks ago on Friday, his baby brother was born. 
And so I'm a bad grandpa. I don't have a picture in the deck. So you'll just have to imagine the best-looking grandbaby boy ever. But his name is Sonny, Sonny Ben-Anai. Ben-Anai is one of David's mighty men. And uh, so Sonny Ben-Anai. So we're really, uh, really loving being grandparents. So um, it's also been a privilege for me to just kind of hear about the 40-day prayer journey that you all have been on and the way that God is working through you in that. And then last week, um, I mean, Pastor Ben's teaching in Matthew 25 was off the chain. That was amazing. And for all of you that have said yes, like 83 of you said yes to doing the Matthew 25 challenge, way to go. That's amazing. Uh, it definitely forms something in you when you do it, right? Uh, my life verse is Philippians 1.6. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And I've long believed that God uses people and circumstances to complete his work in us. And some of those circumstances and some of those people are welcomed in our lives. And sometimes those people and circumstances aren't welcome. But they all form Christ. They complete his work. And I know when you experience things like the 40-day journey, when you experience things like the Matthew 25 challenge, his work gets completed in us, right? Doesn't it? Amen. I get like an amen. Yes, thank you. I'll take it. Thank you. Thank you. This is good. You can talk to me. I need it. I need all the love I can get. So, Without a doubt, I know a bunch of you know about World Vision because you all have ran with Team World Vision for many years. You have ran, ran, walked, or walked the Grand Rapids Half and Full Marathon. Way to go. We're going to be launching it again here in a couple of months. We're so pumped about that. But maybe some of you may have not heard of World Vision. So if you don't know who we are, here's who we are. Our mission is to follow Jesus. That's our mission at World Vision is to follow Jesus by serving the poor and the oppressed. And we've been doing this, serving the most vulnerable children in the world in over 100 countries, and we've been doing it for 70 years. But today, we want to give you guys an inside scoop, because there's something pretty crazy happening these days at World Vision. There's this like renewing spirit that's kind of blowing its wind through the Holy Spirit through World Vision, and it's birthed some new ideas. And I'm telling you, there's a big idea that Pastor Ben and I want to put out before you in just a few minutes, um, and, and let you know more about that. But uh, first, when, when someone hears that I ran across the United States, most people like to hear a few statistics. So I'll, I'll start with a picture. Uh, this picture on the left-hand side is when the U.S. run began. So we're fast approaching the 10-year anniversary of the U.S. run starting. It began on April 8, 2013. That's at the far west rail of the Santa Monica Pier. And I'm telling you, when I get out to that far west rail, and it was a really windy day, and the waves were like crashing in, I was like completely freaked out. I'm going, what in the world have I signed up for? Uh, you know, I, I was doing this as a volunteer for World Vision, and I like, like fell to my knees, I think, out of fear, out of dependence, out of like, God, cover this next season of time, we pray. So I really didn't plan on kneeling and bowing, which doesn't say a lot about my spirituality, but I did kneel, and I did bow, and I did pray very fervently. That on the right is how the U.S. run ended. That's September 6, 2013. That's at Battery Park overlooking the Statue of Liberty. That posture of prayer I thought about for a really long time across the United States. I was like, God, if, if it's your will and if it happens that I make it to New York, I will bow in reverence and offer the most heartfelt prayers of thanksgiving for your protection, for your providence, for your protection over myself, our family, our crew. And, uh, and so I did. And so in between points A and B, I ran 3,081 miles. Not that I was counting. I did every mile. Uh, ran through 14 states. Went through 10 pair of ASIC running shoes. 
uh, wore and washed a bunch of times 15 uh, Team Real Vision running jerseys, consumed on average 5,000 calories a day. We figured I'd eat 1,000 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches mid-run. God bless PB&J. I love PB&J. I would eat five of them right now. I love PB&J. Always have, always will, I think. Uh, highest sustained elevation, 7,500 feet in Arizona. Greatest aggregate elevation change was in the Allegheny Mountains of Pennsylvania. Uh, one week of running was 175 miles with 32,000 feet of aggregate elevation change. Scariest moment, uh, being attacked by six wild dogs in Oklahoma. That is a whole story in and of itself. We can sit and have a coffee after that one. And then the most satisfying, as Pastor Ben mentioned, uh, through the Lord, over $500,000 was raised uh, for clean water in Africa. But I got to tell you, uh, those of you that are here and for those of you that are online, I'm like the most unlikely guy to have run across the United States. I didn't run my first marathon, my first anything until 2007. It was the Chicago Marathon uh, with Team World Vision. The previous year, the very first year Team World Vision ever did an event in the country was in 2006. And a buddy of mine ran the Chicago Marathon and he called me up the next day and said, hey, Steve, you need to run the Chicago Marathon next year with me. I had a two-letter answer, N-O, <laughs> followed by the phrase, I hate running. But God moved me past my fears, moved me out of my comfort zone, and I said yes. I had four goals for my first marathon. Goal number one, truly, was to hate running less every time I ran, just if I could hate it less. Goal number two was to train well enough to make it to the starting line, Goal three was to finish before they closed the course. These were not high goals, you all. And then the final goal was to raise $1,000 for clean water. And I totally thought this would be like a one and out deal, done. But like God does, right? He uses circumstances, doesn't he? And he actually was reversing. He began a reversal within my spirit that I wasn't intending. Uh, a couple years after I did that first marathon, I was invited to go to South Africa and run the Comrades 56-mile ultramarathon. Now, I didn't much like running 26 miles, so the idea of 56 miles, like, no, 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 no. But again, God was like, move past your fears, Steve. Go out of your comfort zone. Take a step of obedience, Steve. And so I said yes, and I did run that. Six months after that race, I was on an innocent six-mile run near my in-law's home in um, eastern Ohio. And uh, I can take you to the patch of pavement on U.S. Route 40 uh, in St. Clairsville, Ohio, where I heard a whisper that I perceived to be from the Holy Spirit. And the whisper simply said this, Steve, you're to run across the United States for others. Now, I thought that was like a bad burrito from the night before. Like, that is not a normal thought. And it was so abnormal to me, and I was so freaked out by it, I didn't even tell my wife and we do fairly well in communication. She better than me. But I didn't tell her about that for two months because I just thought, I mean, I had to work up the courage just to let that weird thought come out of my mouth to my wife. And then for the next 12 months, and if you didn't do this this past summer, you'll do it this summer, you'll take a beach ball and you push it under the surface of the water. What does it do? It bounces back up again. You push it down, it bounces back up again. I did that sort of spiritual gymnastics routine with this vision for the next 12 months. And after 12 months of doing that, I just finally just put my arms up in surrender. And I said, God, I know you're calling me to devote myself more to running and how running changes lives. And if the expression of that run is a run 
from L.A. to New York, filled with more unknowns than I can count, I'm in. I don't get it at all, but I'm in. So uh, we did what all sane people do. I resigned my pastoral role at Willow Creek Community Church that I've been at for over 16 years. My wife uh, uh, sold and liquidated a 3,000-square-foot brick-and-mortar antique business that she'd been building for five years. And the driving question was, why? <laughs> why would we do? Why would I do this U.S. run? Why would we arguably do the hardest thing that we'd ever done, hardest thing that I'd ever done physically, emotionally, spiritually? Why? Because God was reversing something in me. There's a reversal was occurring. And the reversal was of a false narrative. And the false narrative is this, that people who have less are less. And God would use a run from LA to New York to reverse that narrative that those who have less are less. But rather what we're called to do as Christ's followers, we're called to affirm the inherent dignity of all people and to restore broken circumstances in our world, especially with those who are the most vulnerable, to affirm in their dignity and to restore broken circumstances. And I know you all know this, uh, but Jesus spoke about caring for the poor, ministering to the vulnerable, nearly more than anything else in his time as he ministered here on earth. Specifically in Matthew 25, which Pastor Ben spoke out of last week, and again, a ton of you lived out experientially through the Matthew 25 challenge. These words just come off into life where Jesus said, come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, and you can almost hear them doing it very quizzically to Jesus. They're like, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or when did we see you needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And then verse 40, the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. You see, in these words, Jesus flipped everything. He just flipped it. You see, Jesus' kingdom is one of a radical reversal. It's a different kind of kingdom. I mean, what will we celebrate here in a few weeks on Palm Sunday? What did Jesus, instead of riding in on a stallion, how did Jesus come into Jerusalem? On a donkey, right? Instead of having servants, what did Jesus do? He bent and washed his disciples' feet. You know, according to Matthew 25, Jesus calls us to uh, uh, call to, to receive the most hurting around us as family, as family, and to reverse the false narrative that those who have less are less, and to affirm an air and dignity and to restore broken circumstances. This is it. I mean, these are the two action steps of the radical reversing kingdom of God. It's what it's all about for each of us to use our resources and our blessings to get in the game and help restore those broken, broken circumstances, even if it's just for one child. And I don't know about you, but I'm often tempted at times, well, I don't need to, because somebody else in my row or somebody else, in my, somebody else will take care of this. 
But when we say yes, and you know this to be true, when we say yes to building the reversing kingdom of God, you know what happens? I mean, not only are the people that we're serving, not only are their lives changed, not only are communities transformed, but our lives are changed in ways we never thought possible. And uh, I wanna introduce you to a seven-year-old girl who changed everything for me. This is Winnie. And this is a child that Francis and I began sponsoring just ahead of the U.S. run. And this is when I had the unique privilege of meeting Winnie in August of 2012. It was on this day we met Winnie and her family at their very humble home in the Rift Valley area of Kenya. And then we walked one mile to the water source that you can see pictured here. And this is a small pond. You can't see much around it, but uh, this small pond, uh, I could tell the moment we got there, I could say, oh, I, I just knew it was a contaminated water source. And I didn't, you know, know a lot of things, so I was just asking a lot of questions. And I was standing on the shore of this little thing uh, with Winnie's mom, Justina. And I said, Justina, where is it that you all wash your clothes? I just didn't know. And she said, oh, we wash them right here. And then I said, and where do you all bathe? And she said, right here. And then uh, I could see livestock. You can't see it in this picture, but there were livestock around the perimeter of this pond drinking and relieving themselves, right? This is their water source. And then I dipped that five-gallon container in my hand, and there's a, there's a smile on my face, but my heart was just breaking because what I did know, just a fact, that um, half the kids in Winnie's Village would die under the age of five because of contaminated water. It's called the infant mortality rate. Half the kids under the age of five in Winnie's village would die with that water. And then I picked up that, and I, and I walked with it one mile back to Winnie's home. It weighs 50 pounds full. Think of an old school microwave like on your back. And that one mile walk back to Winnie's home wrecked me. There was a seismic shift that occurred within me that day, and I literally have not been the same since. I mean, first of all, my heart just broke. My heart broke for Winnie. My heart broke for the thousands of kids like Winnie that would not have a shot of life. But then I learned, because I didn't know all that much, but then I learned how our $39 a month was being pooled together with the $39 of other children in Winnie's community being sponsored to not only bring clean water, but sanitation, health care, uh, education, microfinance, and even an introduction to Jesus. Uh, one of the amazing things that we do uh, with World Vision is when we're implementing uh, clean water within a community, we're also bringing an experience, a program, a curriculum called Jesus, the source of living water. So as clean, fresh water is brought for the body, the living water of Jesus is brought for the soul. Like, how cool is that? It's amazing. Uh, it really is, and uh, this uh, next slide I just want to show you. On the left-hand side, this is when I first met Winnie uh, over 10 years ago, uh, and this is before they had access to clean water. It's before Winnie really had a sense of what fullness of life could look like. On the right, uh, this is the last time that I saw Winnie. This is just before things kind of shut down with COVID, and uh, Winnie uh, is excelling in school. They now have access to clean water. Her family, thanks to her mom, uh, this is like Women's you know, History Month, uh, Justina, Winnie's mom, is a rock star. Uh, she has started this amazing, thriving garden business and, and, and livestock that we've had a chance to kind of assist with as well, and it's revolutionized a bunch of things for their family. It's been really cool, but Justina is amazing. And then get this, every Sunday morning, 
uh, they hold their church in a, in a really humble setting, a very humble setting. And Winnie teaches 20 to 25 children truths from Scripture, just like you all get here at the Gateway. And it's just something else. And we've had an opportunity to see and hang out with Winnie uh, three times since first meeting her in August of 2012. And um, this young girl, uh, this young, vibrant, you know, she's not, not a girl, she's a young woman now. Uh, she's not only become family, she's redefined family for us. You see? Broken circumstances restored. An errant dignity affirmed. People in their whole communities transformed. Um, I just have a few minutes left, but I just wanted to tell you one story from the U.S. run and then invite you into something pretty powerful. So when I crossed into New Jersey, I uh, was within about a week of the U.S. run ending, and something supernatural, almost unexplainable, occurred that day. For starters, I had 35 miles on the run schedule that day, and I didn't start until 1 o'clock in the afternoon, which is a pretty ominous thought, to have 35 miles in front of you and not starting until 1 o'clock. That was just really poor planning, but that was on me. Uh, at about 6 p.m., with a gray sky at mile 25, I started up a fairly sharp incline. And I, I, by this point, I could tell if something was going to be like a half-mile incline. I mean, this thing, I could feel, this was about a two-mile incline. I could just sense this was going to be a booger. And I just finished this brutal week of running in the Allegheny Mountains with 175 miles with 32,000 feet of aggregate elevation change. And the last thing that I wanted was another two-mile climb. And my first thought was, why is there a mountain here? Like, I'm in New Jersey. Like, isn't New Jersey supposed to be flat? Well, I didn't know Western geography well of Jersey because there's mountains in Western New Jersey. <laughs> um, and with each uphill step, I just found myself getting more and more irritated. And the irritation soon turned to anger, anger at this stupid incline, anger at this ridiculous run, anger for how crappy I felt, and then finally just anger at God. And I'm not proud of this, but that quiet road heard some choice four-letter words from a very fatigued soul. And directly after that fit of anger, a sense of aloneness, a deep sense of aloneness. And I'm not a big feeler, by the way, but I felt aloneness in a very profound way. And while I knew dozens, if not hundreds of people were holding me up in prayer, I felt alone and isolated like never before. And in the midst of this overwhelming feeling, I just put my head down and I just put one uphill step in front of the other. And then a moment later, I lifted my head and I noticed a cyclist coming down on my side of the road. Now, as the cyclist grew closer to me, he failed to come off the shoulder to give me room to run. This added to my growing irritation. I thought, buddy, I will stiff arm you into the ditch if you don't come off the shoulder and give me room to run. I'm like, do not play chicken with me right now. Uh, this pastor is not in a good place. And uh, when he got like 10, 15 yards from me, he did indeed stop. And then he said, are you Steve Spear? Like, imagine my disbelief. And I said, yes. And then he said, you're the guy running across the United States for clean water in Africa, right? I said, in continued disbelief, yes. And then the next line out of his mouth floored me, as if what he already said didn't. He said, I just wanted to let you know there's a group of about 10 people a mile up the road, and we're ready to cheer you on. We heard what you were doing, and we wanted you to know, and he used these words, you are not alone. We believe in you. And 
When he said those words, I was in complete spiritual shock. I was stunned, I was overwhelmed, I was blown away. And then this angel of hope rode beside me. Previously, I wanted to deck him, but now he's my angel of hope. (laughs) Just shows you how fickle I am. And sure enough, about a mile up the road, there was a group of about 10 people ready to rock my world. And uh, this image popping up here won't mean a whole lot to you. Um, But these are my New Jersey angels. Uh, They actually saved something in me that day. They really did. And, uh, you know, I still had like nine more miles to go in the day, so I didn't stay a long time. But for the the next 10 or 15 minutes, we, we prayed, we laughed, we talked about our mutual faith in God, and this group of students reversed something in me that day. And I will forever be grateful for that point in time where God did this. And as I ran into the next mile, I just marveled at the divine orchestration of the previous 45 minutes. You see, our faithful God had met me in the midst of my broken spirit and my sense of aloneness. He knew this son of his was in trouble. And he miraculously tapped a group of unknown strangers to remind him that he is not alone. And friends here at the Gateway, and for those of you that are online as well, I have a reminder for you and an invitation. And the reminder is this, you are not alone. You are not alone. Whatever it is that you're in a space as you're watching this online, and for those of you who are here, whatever it is that you may have carried into this space, something within your family, something within work, something in a relationship, something at school, I want to remind you that you are not alone. Psalm 125, verses 1 and 2, simply say, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. You are not alone. The invitation that we want to place in front of you is this, that we want to invite you today to come alongside a child and remind them that they are not alone and to affirm their inherent dignity and to restore broken circumstances that are within their lives and within their world. And specifically, we want you to reverse a false narrative with a child in Tanzania. Now, in the next few moments, Pastor Ben and I have a red-hot vision that would bring this radically reversing hope to children and families in Tanzania, specifically in a community called Noyololo. You can say that with me. You have to just roll the L's. Noyololo. One more time. Noyololo. You guys are pros. You got this. You totally got this. Noyololo is filled with beautiful children who simply lack the basic resources to thrive. They are full of hope even though they have so little. And I'm telling you, the challenges of the last two to three years have made the most vulnerable in our world even more vulnerable. And as we're kind of seeing our way through things, the most vulnerable in our world really had a setback. And again, this is just the the way that it works. And honestly, the pairing of the kind of the pioneering, you know, work that God is doing right here through the gateway. I mean, it's no coincidence that God is wanting to you kind of beam that together, merge that together with the work that we're doing in Noyololo right now. It's not a coincidence. And get this, there are several hundred children in Noyololo who are still waiting to be sponsored. And frankly, I've been blown away by Pastor Ben and your leaders who have said, we're going after 50 plus, a 50 plus vision. We'd like to see 50 children 
sponsored within the Gateway family this weekend. And so we're simply just inviting you, each and every one of you, to say yes to sponsoring a child this weekend. And how God would be using you to make a difference in one of these children's lives in Tanzania. And how your $39 a month will be pooled together just as with Winnie's to restore circumstances and affirm dignity. And of course, I know uh, for those of you that are here, and, and I met some folks after the first service, and for those of you that are online, many of you already sponsor a child. And for that, we say thank you, deeply say thank you to you for that. But maybe God would be opening your heart to one more because today is fairly groundbreaking and it's fairly unique, and I'll tell you why. As you know, we've been partnering with churches across the United States to some fashion by asking each person to sponsor a child in a community. And typically how we would have you do this is that you would walk out of the lobby after we're finished and there would be a whole display of children's picture folders hanging on some clotheslines with maybe some clothespins. And imagine that for those of you that are online seeing a whole bunch of pictures. But just imagine going into the lobby and seeing all these picture folders for children for you to choose from. Just imagine that, if you will, for a moment. But for the last year or so, we've been praying some big prayers at World Vision. Prayers that would continue to push us in new ways to better serve his vulnerable children. And not long ago, he birthed an idea that radically reversed our world. He led us to ask the question, what would it look like for the first time ever if this whole thing were reversed? And instead of us choosing a child, what if, what if we empowered them to choose us? All right, here we go. This is it. Thanks, Steve, for sharing. What a, what a blessing to hear you share your story and uh, to experience a little bit of your life and to be a part of that. Church, this week, we, the Gateway Church, are hosting a choosing party in Tanzania, Malolo, on Wednesday. And what Steve did not tell you is that yours truly, I am jumping on a plane this afternoon and headed, and I will be there representing all of our families. It's awesome, and thank you for this opportunity. I do want to say that uh, I really uh, appreciate Mallory from, uh, from World Vision. Uh, when we heard about this opportunity, Pastor Bobby and I were like, man, this would, we would love to be a part of this. But we understand that we are probably the, the smallest church that has decided to do chosen in this way. And we're grateful for that. And partly because we push for it. We chose you, and now they've chosen us. And I want you to know that today, our yes is an invitation for a child to be a part of this choosing party on Wednesday. Let me be crystal clear. Your yes, my yes, is an invitation for a child to walk down a red carpet into a room with your picture and for them to be able to pick and choose you. Why Tanzania? World Vision has been in Tanzania since the early 1980s. I found out in the last little bit. 
For over 40 years now, they've been doing uh, child sponsorship, but it's more than child sponsorship. They come into a community with a long-term perspective. They provide clean water. They provide education and sanitation, education, and, uh, and they help with small businesses. And their long-term commitment has absolutely made a difference in Tanzania. But there are communities like Nololo, which is hard to say, that are brand new for World Vision. World Vision has been working with Nalolo for about two years, and it's just the start of their journey in that community. Nalolo is one of those communities that needs help, and we are going to help them at the church. And it's a proven strategy. They've come in a couple years ago with infrastructure, started working with leaders, provided clean water, and now child sponsorship is just emerging and we get to participate with that. And the proven strategy is not only healthier individuals, but souls. There will be people in heaven that we will rub shoulders with for eternity in Tanzania, in Nilololo, because of our commitment. Now, Jessica and I, we want to lead the way. We've known about this uh, opportunity, and it, we have a heart for kids. I was a children's pastor for a lot of years before coming here 17 years ago. And not only do we believe in, in uh, uh, children, but we believe in families. And so earlier this week, we submitted our photo. This is us. We, are, we will be chosen this week, and I will be there and get to meet the child that chooses us. And I want you to know it is our our privilege. It is an absolute blessing to be able to do this. This is not a burden, not even for a second. It's an opportunity to partner with, in my opinion, one of the top Christian humanitarian organizations, World Vision, in the world. World Vision is crushing it. And our goal this week is to sponsor at least 50 children, 50 plus, new sponsorships. World Vision believes in us. And like I mentioned already, we're probably the smallest congregation that they've decided. And the reason they did is because I shared with them, I said, hey, you, you cut us open, we're going to bleed missions. And we will. But we've never done a child sponsorship program. This is new territory. This past week, we all stepped into discomfort in the Matthew 25 challenge. And in different varying degrees, we were displaced or we felt what it might have feel to put ourselves in the shoes of someone less fortunate. But for all of us, it was all experiential and it didn't affect our pocketbooks. But now we've got a chance that we may be feeling a little discomfort financially. And I just want to challenge us that $39, it's a lot. I understand that. It's a lot, though, in what $39 can do. Bringing water and health care and education and uniforms and food and ultimately saving a soul. And our goal of 50 plus is 
absolutely obtainable. First service, which is about a quarter of the size of the people here, uh, we are already at 20. Uh, and probably more than that because there's some that went home because they didn't have their payment uh, uh, ready to go. But listen, we can hit 50. We can exceed that this morning. And I, I just want you to know that $39, it, see, it may seem like a lot for some. For others, you could do multiple children, and I would encourage you to do so. This past Friday night, Jessica and I went on a date. And strategically, we went to our favorite place, and we split a gluten-free pizza, and we split some french fries. And we knew that the cost would be, with a tip, right around $40. And we were thinking about that in advance, and, we, and that was kind of our budget. And what we were going to spend in one hour would provide all of this for a child. Now, what's interesting, we had already decided that we were going to be chosen and happy to do so. And in that moment, somebody paid for our meal. And I thought, man, that's incredible. That's just the way God works, isn't it? That has not happened to us in years, seriously. And it was really grateful. And today, I can't wait to see and to celebrate with you, with each and every one of you. Church, this is who we are. And let me remind you that our yes today is an invitation to a child, to the party that I will be a part of, the chosen, the choosing party on Wednesday. And today, World Vision has provided a way to track that with Facebook. They're, they've created a whole uh, a section. I'm not sure how exactly that works, but we, all of us, we're going to take these epic pictures, and then we're going to be able to share the journey. I'm going to be videoing and sending things back to Pastor Bobby and to Bonnie, and we'll be reporting back, and it's just going to be incredible. Church, this is who we are, the Gateway Church. Our vision statement says that we want to make an impact in our community and into the ends of the earth. And that's exactly what we're doing. And we are, have been known over these last 17 years that I've been the pastor. We are a church that model abundant generosity. Over and over and over we've seen that. And generosity is one thing. There's actually a step beyond that. And for some today... Your journey in Chosen will be a sacrifice. But let me just remind you that when we put our toes into sacrifice, that's where miracles happen. When we sow seeds of sacrifice, we will receive a hundredfold in return. That's when the supernatural kicks in, and we are inviting you to be a part of that. Now, next Sunday is going to be a huge day. It's going to be the Reveal Sunday. I will be back from Tanzania, and all the videos and all the pictures will have been sent, and the team here will be working hard, and you will receive in your hand your child and, and, uh, that has chosen you. And we are going to see together how empowering the future church in Tanzania is going to start this week. And it's going to be awesome. I want to close by taking us to, to Scripture. I mentioned first service that I am doing 
a 30-day shred. Uh, it's a Bible reading program where you read the entire Bible in 30 days. And I've made it through the Old Testament, and I've got uh, eight or nine days left. And uh, so I've, I've actually, today is my day I'll start in the New Testament. Uh, but all throughout the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy, and in Isaiah, and in Micah, and in the Psalms, over and over, we see the heart of God caring for the least of these, for the poor, for the orphans and the widows, uh, you know, doing these things. And, and you, you know that. But then when we move into the New Testament, we know, like Pastor Steve said, that Jesus talked about the poor and the needy almost more than anything. And we see that in Luke chapter 12. And I want to just read here. It says, Then Jesus turned to his disciples. And I just want you to imagine that Jesus is talking to us today. And he says this, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. In verse 29, it says, don't be concerned about what to eat or what to drink. Don't worry about such things. And then in verse 33, Jesus says something that is so radical, and it's an invitation for all of us, this is what he says. He says, sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. And church, if I've known or grown to know anything about you, and maybe even for guests that are here, your heart is to do God's will. Pastor Sean often reminds me, uh, and I love this about Sean, he says, we should, our answer should be yes, even before we know what God asks us to do. <laughs> and I'm just curious who is God asking to partner with us? Every single one of us. If we do this, we will smash the 50-plus goal. And I want to encourage you to do that. And Steve is going to come and share exactly how to make that possible. It's so amazing what um, uh, Pastor Ben is going to be able to experience by seeing you get chosen. And when you, next week, when you see the reveal envelope and you open it and you see the child holding your picture... One of the things we've just seen is there is, there is a kind of a Holy Spirit anointed connection that happens when you see that image of that child. It's very powerful, uh, very, very powerful. And uh, you'll be, I mean, completely blessed by it. But this Facebook group, yeah, it's a private Facebook group for the Gateway Church. And what will happen is when your photo is taken, I'll tell you about that in a second. Uh, for those of you that are here, for those of you who are online, they get uploaded to the Facebook group, and then you can high-five and kind of tag one another. That's where Pastor Ben is going to upload some pictures of this week from the Choosing Party in Tanzania. It's going to be pretty sweet. So, okay, you got a couple steps. First thing you need to do is, and, and Pastor Ben gave me permission, pull out your phone, right? This is cool. Go ahead and pull out your phone, which maybe you've had your phone out already a little bit. That's totally cool, too, because right, we open our phones during church, right? But we never let our pastors see us opening our phones during church. I don't let my pastor see it. Anyways, so open up your phone, open up a text message, and then you're just going to open a message, and you're going to text right up here. You can see the, this keyword called the gateway. Put that down in the message portion, the gateway. I just did that. And then you're going to send it to 56170, 56170. 
<clears throat> and, then, um, and then hit send. Okay? So then you hit send, and in just a moment or two, maybe take a 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, uh, you'll, get a, you'll get your phone will kind of, your mind just bing me, um, and you, you just click on that link. Once you click on that link, you'll begin answering some information. The very first thing that pops up, it just says, are you ready to be chosen? And then it says, select how many kids you would like to sponsor. So that's that first question. And uh, we do have individuals that will ask us, and, and Ben even said, like, hey, God may be leading you to more than one. Uh, we had a, a year or so ago, I was with a church, and a gentleman uh, on the way to church, a number was in his brain. He had no idea what was going to be happening in church that day. And he hit me after the service, and he said, we came into church today, my wife and I, and the number seven was rolling through our spirits. We don't know why. He said, can we be chosen by seven children? I said, absolutely you can. That's amazing. What will happen is we'll print your picture off that many times, seven times, and then it'll hang in different places at the choosing party. So he's like, cool, we're down. So you, you choose that, how many kids, um, and then you'll begin to fill out a bit more information after that. For those of you that are online, same thing is true for you. Uh, select how many kids, start filling out some of that information. And then when you're complete, which won't take you too terribly long, you will get a QR code. When you get that QR code, now you're ready for step two, and this is the fun part. Step two is out in the lobby. And you're going to go out in the lobby, and you're going to have the most epic picture taken of your life. Because as Pastor Ben said, that's going to hang in Oyolo, and he's going to watch you all get chosen, which will be just a thrill. And uh, it's super epic. For those of you that are online, super easy. You just take or upload a photo right now. It works that way. And then uh, what's going to happen is next weekend, as we, uh, Pastor Ben mentioned, is Reveal Sunday. You'll come back. You're going to see a bank of chosen envelopes. And then you'll open it, and you'll see that picture of the child who chose you. For those of you that are online, you'll get a digital reveal. As a matter of fact, everybody gets a digital reveal as well. We want to encourage you, those of you that are online, if you uh, just be back, come back in person if it works for you, so you can uh, pick up that chosen envelope uh, live as well. So those are a few of the, the, the things. One, a couple other quick things. If you have any technical difficulties out in the lobby, we've got folks with iPads. Maybe you don't have your phone with you. We got you covered, not a problem. If you're online and you have any issues, we've got some folks online that can help you as well. And then one final reminder, especially for those of you that are online, you have to do this by 9 p.m. tonight, by 9 p.m. Uh, that gives our team in Tanzania plenty of time to get all the pictures ready for the choosing party on Wednesday that you're going to today. Yeah, that's wild. Um, uh, it's been a real blessing uh, being able to be with you, to join kind of in a ministry adventure, to see 50-plus kids have their whole trajectory. And I love to you said that the future church, the future church is going to be uh, impacted, you know, this week because of uh, what's happening in Western Michigan connected to Tanzania. So God bless you guys. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Thanks for letting me hang out. Thanks so much, Steve. Yes. So this is it. Whether this is your first time or you are a longtime attender, we want to invite you to be a part of this. And I just want to close with this thought that, uh, that $39 uh, is absolutely doable uh, for, for any of us. Uh, even uh, young people here, uh, absolutely, you can make this happen if you make it a priority. And the other thing uh, is, and I mentioned first service, is that this is in a season of our church. We just had our annual business meeting a couple weeks ago, and our numbers, our giving, has been just a little bit flat. 
And it reminds me that back in 2006, when my wife and I first moved here, uh, we were in a situation that was far worse than we are today. Uh, we're, we're doing okay, but uh, we want to do great. But back then, we were tanking. We were about two or three weeks away from having zero in our general fund, and it was scary. In fact, my wife uh, sold her uh, brand new Honda Pilot that we had bought before we moved here, and uh, we made an emergency fund. We didn't think we were going to get paid. And, but in that season, we decided to do a few things strategically, and one of the main things is we decided to make missions a priority. And we had people saying, I don't know if this is a good idea. And we did. We moved forward with missions, and we never looked back. God not only made up the shortfall, but then we went beyond that, and we never looked back, and God has been so good. And I know we're in a little bit of a slump. We mentioned that as the annual business meeting. And this week, as I've been praying and going through the Matthew 25 challenge, this is the picture the Lord gave me, and we'll see if it was from the Lord uh, long term. But this is, this is the, the key, that as we step up, in generosity, abundant generosity, and even sacrifice. Not only is God going to give us uh, individually a bump, because he, generosity begets generosity, but as a church family, I believe that we will look back at this week and say, look what God did, and we'll turn back and never look away, and never look back. And so I'm believing that for big things. I want you to stand, and I want to just pray for you that as you leave now in the next moment and go and interact with the World Vision team, uh, that God is going to do supernatural things in your life. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We are grateful for World Vision choosing us to be able to walk through this chosen process. And I'm grateful that we are going to experience a, and host a choosing party in Tanzania on Wednesday. Man, my mind is blown. And Lord, I'm grateful for the 50 plus that are here, that we're going to just crush this goal and, and see kids sponsored. And we will be chosen and come back. God, it's such a blessing. And now I just pray that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can take your time. There will be two booths going, and uh, so we'll get through those quickly. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.com church.